Vasudevaya. So, continuing with the, this series, Weathering a Storm. In tonight, I, the title of the talk is Building Sandcastles on the Shore. This is a um, widely used example of the need to really have foresight. I think the reason it's so well known, at least in the Western world, is due to the parable that is used in the um, New Testament of the Bible, where it talks about building a house on sand. So I was reading a, an article um, in a American uh, economic publication and uh, the writer was saying that um, this coronavirus pandemic, and he was speaking about America, but I think it really does apply to, to much of the world, and that America has, that the pandemic has exposed the huge financial irresponsibility um, of, of the American population. And as I said, that I think applies for, for most of the, the world. You know, we've been lulled into this sense that everything is pretty much going to be managed or somehow taken care of or everything is going to be okay. And that has allowed people to become actually incredibly financially incredibly irresponsible. Um, people take on enormous amounts of debt and they live um, often from paycheck to paycheck, just spending all of the money that comes in without any consideration of whether I should be putting away money for some future need that might arise. As I mentioned in, in I think the first talk, you know, we've grown up in a time very much removed from what happened in the first half of the 20th century at least that was absolutely rocked as it had been throughout history by all types of incredible crises, um, beginning with the First World War um, that was so devastating and, and put millions of people, turned them into refugees and, you know, so much destruction everywhere. And then that was quickly followed by the Spanish flu, that pandemic, that killed, you know, a, a large percentage of the um, world's population. 
And then that was followed by the um, Great Depression. And um, not long after that, it was followed by a Second World War that saw much of Europe um, utterly destroyed and people's lives completely turned upside down. And there were, of course, ongoing plagues and different types of diseases sweeping through the world. You know, polio wasn't um, brought under control until the 50s. And so, I mean, people lived through this time of tremendous un uncertainty. And we saw in, in what happened in China with huge famines and, and the revolution there, and then in India, the partition of India, where people learned that, you know, it's quite, during this period, it, became, it was so obvious that my life can be completely up, upended by natural disasters or economic or political crises that, that may happen. And it's just not smart to think that, that we're not going to face periods of uncertainty and, and calamity. And so the need when things are kind of going well, if I can put it that way, the need to store money to prepare for, you know, eventual things that we will encounter in life. And so you saw a lot of people that really did um, practice, particularly right after these events, um, great frugality. I mean, they were quite careful with the spending of money. Money wasn't spent on anything that was not actually really necessary. So then we went through this whole period in the in the mid um, 20th century of this economic transformation of that that was brought about by by consumerism, where people were taught to become greedy little consumers to have a go at everything, grab anything that comes in your grasp. It was kind of like you know, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die, <laughs> which is not a very smart philosophy at all and not a very intelligent way to live. And so because we've lived for so long just on the edge, I mean, the, the entire system in the world has just like changed in, in incredible ways. Uh, banks, and um, you know their their reserves uh, have been creeping down over the years. Um, we see people less inclined to saving money. Um, national and 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 personal credit, um, you know, it's just ballooning. Um, everybody's just living in this bubble of of get it while it's there, you know without any sort of thought for, for the future, what the future may hold. And so that exposes people to great difficulty during these uncertain times. I mean, uh, 
this coronavirus thing, it's going to be with us for a, a while. And I think it's incredibly uncertain uh, what the impact is going to be on everybody from an economic perspective. All of the different world leaders, everybody's got a happy face on and trying to talk up confidence and everything, which I don't think is very smart. I think it's better to be much more realistic so that people can sort of, you know, mentally prepare and, and consider how they're going to operate through this time of uncertainty and difficulty. Um, we have whole now inventory management system and, and probably somebody, people are thinking, what the hell is he talking about now? I mean, but it, it's kind of like an example of where we've gone with things, where people have, you know, just outsourced as much of their operations as possible. Um, you have just-in-time inventory management where you sort of like keep the minimum amount of stock. If you're manufacturing or if you're a retailer, just the minimum amount of stock that you possibly can so you don't have money tied up there. And everybody became very reliant on these delivery systems so that you knew exactly how long things were going to take to deliver. And manufacturers had become like this. And everybody's sort of like getting by just on this really thinnest of, of margins of, you know, of stock. And so when you run into any sort of a crisis, then it's like nobody's ready for it. It's just creating chaos. And of course, everything was just simply being driven by the idea of maximizing profit. It all was, was really about, about profit. So we can see that, you know, what it's exposing us, um, what it is exposing in our own lives is this tendency we have to have been lulled into this idea that that everything is going to be the same, that things are not not going to change. In effect, we have all been building sandcastles on the shore. You know, the idea of investing time and effort into building something that's really beautiful and highly detailed, only to see it, you know, uh, an hour or two later being washed away by the incoming tide. And this is not considered very wise and it will of course be a source of, of great um, anxiousness and fear and unhappiness, apprehension and anxiety because we have falsely placed so much faith in something that this system that we have built, this so-called life that we have built, you know, I've invested all my energy in, in that which is temporary and that which cannot last. And holding on to this intense desire that everything actually lasts forever. And it won't and it can't. And 
whether it's going to be, you know, a pandemic or an economic crisis or a political crisis or war, you know, these things are always going to be going on because that is the very nature of this world. And so when we build castles on the shore, as it were, with this expectation, this false expectation that this type of life that I have built, that this value system that I have invested in, that, you know, my what I consider my purpose and everything, now it's all been pulled out from underneath me. And of course, it leads to, to tremendous uncertainty. So uh, in, in the context of everything that we've been talking about, this particular principle of, of not in your life getting into this situation where you are building castles, sandcastles on the shore and thinking that everything is going to be so permanent that I can, you know, invest time and energy and effort into that, which is not going to be swept away. It's always going to be there is just, you know, a sign of, of a lack of, of wisdom. The need for real knowledge is really important. And when I say real knowledge, I'm fundamentally talking about that which is spiritual or, or founded upon that which is spiritual in nature. When we acquire knowledge and then learn to apply that to our life, this means we are actually wise. Wisdom is the practical application of, of knowledge. And it is important that we become wise, that we are wise in our decision-making. We are wise in the mm, fundamental adoption of values that really are valuable, that they, they, they serve a higher purpose that they ground us, that they make it so that we can weather any storm, that we can go through any form of hardship or difficulty in good times and in bad times. We're able to maintain a, a, a level keel, a constancy in our life that comes from a deeper spiritual understanding and appreciation of deeper principles. I mean, one of the things that is going to come up for everybody during this time, if it hasn't already, and, and as I said, we don't know how long this whole thing is going to go on for in terms of both uh, the sickness thing and, and the economic ramifications that it's going to have on, on large parts of, of the population all over the world. The question of what is the fundamental purpose for my life? If I am feeling that my actual purpose for existence, my, um, 
my values, as I stated before, is all going to be nothing less than sandcastles on the shore, then I'm going to suffer terribly because of that. The need, therefore, to have some sort of higher value system, something of more and and lasting, lasting a lasting reality, is is incredibly important. So that's a, a really big subject, and I I'm not going to get into that right now. But my simple request is that with all these, you know, we've done five, and this is the sixth lesson in in this series, is to actually revisit them and look at them. And perhaps in your own life, you know, start a little journal or put them down in some sort of written form and contemplate upon them and reflect on them and consider how am I going to now build a life of value and purpose where I can weather a storm, where I can encounter different things and it's not going to overwhelm me. It's not going to devastate me that I am definitely going to be able to to manage. That, of course, is all going to happen with a growing understanding of my deeper, the deeper reality of my spiritual existence, that I am an eternal spiritual being, my experience in this world. This is all passing. It all comes to an end. And I must seek to fulfill these higher and more important spiritual needs that I have, you know, the need for the desire for happiness, this is actually a spiritual desire. It's not a material desire. It's a spiritual desire. It doesn't come from the body or the mind. But when I am absorbed in the idea that this body is me, that this mind is me, it's part of who I am, then my attempts to find happiness will be through that which is material, that which is external. And of course, as we've said many times before, that can never fulfill me, these experiences. There is an enormous difference between experiencing sensual stimulation, a stimulation of the senses and the pleasurable experiences that can come from that. That experience and actual happiness are not the same thing. They're not even, they're not even actually connected. That happiness is, is a spiritual condition. It is a spiritual need, the desire for love, to both love and to be loved. This is also a spiritual need. It arises from the very soul itself. The attempts to fulfill those needs simply within the material dimension is not going to be fulfilling, is not going to be satisfying, it's not going to give us everything that we need. And so there is this tremendous need for us to really consider what do I need to add to my life? I'm, I, I'm not proposing. 
supposing by any means that we go away and live in caves or whatever, you know, retire from society. No, you can live within society. You can have families. You can have jobs and responsibilities that all need to be taken care of. But that cannot be your sole focus. That can't be the whole deal. That is very much going to be, you know, building sandcastles on the shore because it will all be swept away. And then what am I left with? When all of this is removed, what, what am I left with? What do I have? I was watching one older man on the news being interviewed. And um, he, he says he's a very sociable person and now being cut off from everyone and everything. He's feeling really bad about it. And he's actually beginning to feel some bitterness because, you know, he, he's cut off from everything. And, mm. you know, it's just more of the, the same, this reality, that we need to have an, an internal life, a spiritual life. And the primary way that that comes about and the primary way that we grow in our appreciation of our own spiritual being and we draw closer to our spiritual nature is through this process of meditation upon the spiritual sound. When I immerse myself, I bathe myself in the spiritual sound, I take it into my mind, I take it into my heart, I actually rest my heart in these transcendental sounds, these spiritual sounds. And then it is like, this is food for the soul. This is spiritual food stuff. And it begins to bring with it tremendous insight and understanding. And of course, spiritual experience, the experience of something far more wonderful, something that is actually divine, transcendental. And so taking advantage of this situation that we have now to build a personal practice of daily meditation is really important part of bringing balance to your life and bringing more spiritual focus if we don't, then we are living in an unbalanced way. We are anchoring everything. We're betting the house. We're betting everything on that which cannot last in the hope that it will. And that's just terribly sad and unfortunate and unnecessary. So I will leave you with um, that thought and uh, invite you to join me in um, uh, Kirtan, this chanting. And uh, tonight I think I'll chant the Maha Mantra. This was described as being the great... Um, mantra for deliverance it was described in the vedas deliverance meaning to lift someone out of this ocean of material existence and allow them to experience a higher spiritual reality
Everybody.